total guilty pleasure. I love that you have to prove that psychic therapy is a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> that there had to be like actual research into it of just yeah. like we can, we need to look into this. Yeah, and just say and, and show instead of just realizing. Yeah, yeah. That it's total <laughs> fucking bullshit. Welcome to the show, everybody. Hello. Got stuff going on. Sorry for the I. This is late because I deleted the last episode off my computer while I was editing it. Oh, you mistakenly did that? Yeah. Because for some reason, I was after I edited it, it made like a duplicate file. So I was like, well, I don't need two of them. So I deleted one of the files, and then I went and clicked into the other folder, and everything was gone. Uh, so all three of the people who are going to listen to it are going to be disappointed. No, the last episode before this got 100 downloads. 100 downloads? Yeah, and that's just off SoundCloud. Who the hell listens to us? I think it's because I, I tagged it well. Well, it, it, I mean, you, you got to put I in mean, them hashtags, baby. Yeah, yeah, got it. You know, you're right. You know, some. You know, some. I like this watching TV while we fucking record. Too. I think it, it's it keeps a good shit idea. going, and it's it is kind of a unique concept. That's what I'm going to start advertising the podcast as. Of like, <laughs> every like, I hang out with my friend Adam a lot, and we watch TV and dick around. And sometimes we record it. <laughs> like that's essentially going to be how I brand this podcast. Well, well, I how you know, I I personally. I'm, we are watching right now The Reels Network. The it's Reels real. Network is... About uh, Andy Kaufman. It, they have a show called Celebrity Autopsy. Reenactments are my fucking favorite I thing I think they're ever. hilarious. This guy's earning a SAG card. And he does kind of <laughs> look like a dying Andy Kaufman. He does. Well, I, yeah, they kind of loosely... I mean, they don't look a lot like him, but they loosely... Well, they have like people from the actual past of your life, real people. They have a doctor, like a Quincy, a medical examiner. Quincy. Who, yeah, 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 how's that for Every a episode, Adam has to age himself. <laughs> Where it's basically, you know, medical examiner. So someone who looks at autopsy reports and stuff, and they determine, well, how did the person really die and it's really their opportunity just to expose how fucked up their lives are that's the real re- it is so voyeuristic and it is a complete guilty pleasure for me the reels network is a complete guilty pleasure that you know, do you know who runs or owns the uh, reels network i don't know probably some fucking like fucking dennis hoff or something like no, that no 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 so who it, it is the people who own uh, the national inquirer which makes total sense oh that's why it's so fucking tabloidy yep, yep. Dennis, oh my God, that's so Robin Williams behind closed doors. Yeah, yeah. That's actually ironic because he hung himself behind a closed door. <laughs> that's more literal than the name exactly, of the documentary. Exactly, yeah. Robin yeah. Williams is behind a closed door. Exactly. So they have a like celebrity autopsy of Whitney Houston, celebrity autopsy of Richard Pryor, celebrity autopsy of Annie Kaufman. Uh, when, when there's a new one Why that Why would premieres? the Richard Pryor one be anything special? He died slowly of multiple sclerosis. Well, w- the, again, and I go back to my point I made a couple minutes ago. They use this as an, as an opportunity just to expose how messed up their lives are. That he it, smoked crack what, and beat the shit out of his wife I mean, and stuff. it is his life in particular. There's been some bad lives and there have been some crazy lives. That guy... Well, he grew up in a, in a, in a brothel. Exactly. His dad was a pimp. His mom was, was most a pros- likely a whore. A, a prostitute. Uh, his his dad, grandmother basically raised yeah, him. Yeah, his, his dad died while fucking a woman, which really? he always had a bit about. My dad died in the pussy. Man, so he literally had a heart attack when he was when he well, was, was stroking, which is kind of like a, every a alpha's go. dream. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's a good way to. You know who else died that way? Uh, Nelson Rockefeller, I believe, who was no the shit. vice president, and also he was governor of New York at one time. 
Oh, and, and he was rich, so he's probably wearing a mask or something like that. <laughs> he was rich, so he's probably wearing a mask. I like that weird projection. No, I think he was just having good old fashioned sex. Was old back. It was the seventies. Good old fashioned Illuminati fucking. You, you know, I'm sure he was. You know, he probably ate a bunch of prime rib and had a lot of dollops of sour cream on baked potatoes. They did dollop you know? a lot of stuff back oh, then. Oh, men died of heart attacks in the seventies. If you ever watch a movie from that era, somebody's having a heart attack at some point during the movie. Airport seventy five. The small plane that crashes into the big plane into the 747 guy has a heart attack you know you ever watch an episode of earthquake someone has a they're all having heart attacks back then you know i mean that was one of my biggest fears heart someone attack. having a heart attack you know like having a grabber a grabber you know oh it's a big one you know well didn't red fox die of a heart attack and they thought he was pretending because, because he, he would pretend, do that all the time yeah. on the red uh, i don't know sanford and son i'm coming to meet you elizabeth yeah it's also he's ancient at that time you know so oh he broke late definitely you know, I wonder. I, or did I mean, he just always look old? Well, I, I think the I think the racism of everything. I've, I've been thinking Dolly Parton was ninety for the last twenty seven years. <laughs> well, it's also like whenever I look at Morgan Freeman, and this has been said before by other folks. You know, was Morgan Freeman ever young? You know, it's like right. Morgan Freeman or another guy, Max von Sydow. You know, who was, was Max young? von Sydow ever young? He was old in The Exorcist for Christ. The Exorcist came out forty six years. It's a that's, preacher. That's the, yeah, he's the priest that's that the comes old guy. In. Yeah, who's like literally has a. Uh, as a battle with the devil. Same thing about you know? Jean Stapleton, the lady that played Edith Bunker. She was like in her forties when she played Edith Bunker, and Edith Bunker's supposed to be like seventy. Well, she looked like she was in her seventies, you know. Well, I think they just made. Oh, you know who else was fine? The lady who played uh, the Ma Clampett in fucking Green Acres. In Green Acres. Yeah. She was like in her 40s only, and she was playing like an 80, 90-year-old. That's hilarious. Like, that was all makeup. That's oh, hilarious. Oh, God, dude, Mary Jane or whatever the fuck her name was. Uh, on Green Acres? Yeah, what the fuck was her name? Oh, uh, what was uh, the daughter's name? Green, a- Green Acres was, was the three. No, uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, Beverly Hillbillies. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, uh, yeah, the, she was, uh, she was pretty too. Exactly. And, 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 and the but, dude who played Jed Clampett, his dad was the fucking heavyweight champion of the world, Max Bear. Really? Yeah. He, he, oh, Max so he Bear's was, son was Jed Clampett. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, I just learned something. Max Bear lived until... He was 99 when no he died. No shit. Wait, 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 was Max Bear? He was the guy who fought Joe Lewis, correct? He was the yes. German guy, yeah. right? Exactly. I think he I think lived. he was Cinderella Man, right? No, 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 Cinderella Man was uh, was uh, Max uh, Shrek or no, something. No, 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 like no, no, that. no, no. I'm confusing Max Schle- uh, Max Schlemming with, uh, with I'm sorry, uh, Schlemming with Bear. I apologize. Okay. Uh, the the Cinderella Man was uh, Braddock, James Braddock. James and, Braddock. And his his story, you know, whatever. Although uh, I will say that movie. C.J. Sullivan called it Raging Dull, which I find very funny. I, I somewhat it, agree. Yeah, Cinderella Man's pretty dull. It uh, was definitely them, just like the tail end of trying to find a new Rocky before they were just like, let's just make a new Rocky. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, yeah, they're trying to parallel his life, like boxing and fighting as like, you know, it, it is paralleling to the depression. You're never going to quit though. No matter how bad things are, you're never going to quit. Wasn't there like Nazi shit involved in it too? Cause it was during what, Cinderella man. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, no, I, I, I don't No, No, thanks man. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't think so. There was not. I watched bits and pieces of it, but I just, you know. <laughs> I watched just, it when I worked in a video store. You worked in a video store at one time? Oh, for years. It was the best job I've ever had. What, what, what was it called? Lion Video. Was this in in, it was your, in Chicago in Heights? Oh, was I, and Chicago? I worked in both because I had two locations, so I would work in Homewood and Chicago Heights. What'd you make an hour? What the fuck was it? It was under 10. Yeah, for it was sure. eight bucks an hour probably. It was like nine or something like that. Yeah, I remember guys in high school. Was it a high school gig of yours? It was the tail end, and I, I, 
I went to college for a brief period. And then it, I dropped out. I had the job for two years. Okay. And it was great. I remember because uh, I used to open the store. And I yeah. remember I would put the Cubs games on in the morning. I would listen to Chicago Sports Radio. And then I would listen to Cubs games. And I remember there was a game against the Brewers where uh, Aramis Ramirez hit a home a walk-off home run. They were down like 9-1. to one And they came back and won the game. Yeah. And it was a famous. It was Len Casper's first year calling Cubs games. And oh, he, yeah. And he's like a Chicago staple now. He's, yeah. Len Casper... Has officially because Harry Carey was the guy from when I was born in '87 until 1998. Yeah, just over ten years. Yeah, exactly. And like I you remember Harry Carey, obviously. So Casper surpassed him. Like Len Casper is my voice of the Cubs. Wow, interesting. God, that shows how old I am. Because you know, when I think of the Cubs, you immediately think of Harry Carey. And it's because Harry Carey was the he did it from like I mean from the late '70s he was doing so it. So Len know? Casper has kind of a froggy voice. So when he gets high pitched, he creaks sometimes. So there's the one like Ramirez hits it and deep left center, Cubs win. Like it's just a great call. And I remember jumping up and down behind the fucking counter, like it was fucking great. But it was just a great yeah. job. I stole yeah. I stole a shitload of DVDs. Good for you, man. Hundreds. Made your own benefits. Well, because they owned other video stores. so when They, they weren't going to miss them. When they would go out of business, they would bring boxes of DVDs to in, for us to put in the inventory so we could put them on the shelves. So if I liked a movie, I would just put it in my bag and never enter it. So it's never... They don't... Like, it's almost like it never existed just because I never put it in the inventory. You can't say I stole something if you didn't know it was in the box in oh, the first oh, place. Oh, God, Because they would there just hand go. me boxes of DVDs. I'm like, you didn't look through all of these. Like, you don't know what's in here. Yeah, yeah. Good for you, man. So you anytime stole- I saw a good movie, I like, I stole fucking Chris, all the vacation movies at one point. I, I successfully stole all six Star Wars movies. You've got that criminal streak in you. You know that? I can I mean, steal, I, dude. We, we, yeah, we, yeah, when we went to, I remember going to like uh, Walgreens, you know, going to Our Walgreens. Our cop shit all the time. And, and, and you would boost like, you know, you would boost like sandwiches and stuff, you know? It's like, yeah. Have you ever been busted? Oh, yeah. A couple times. They you just tell caught? you to leave. Oh, okay. Okay. That's I good. don't like paying for food. <laughs> I'll just get that out of the way right the, the, now. Wow, interesting. You don't like paying for food. Okay, interesting. That's the liberal in me. I feel like it's we should always it's sustenance, man. Like you should what the liberal. I don't know. That if it's the to liberal. me is kind what, of what? like a a very like a to me in my opinion, I think that's kind of a sinister part of cat of the guy who was like, you know what, we should charge for life fuel. Oh, hey, listen, like, everything's who, the, been commodified. The, the first guy who was like, you know this food stuff that we need to survive and live? Let's charge people for it. Oh, I know. It's just kind of like, what are you, evil? Yeah, yeah, and the answer is yes. Yeah, you're using it as an opportunity to to exploit and to manipulate. And I'm sure in his mind, probably thinking, no, no, I'm going to protect you know the people I know. I'm going to protect those who I know, who are in my tribe, I who bet you it had group. something to do slightly with tribalism or like the first kind of... Because obviously food's been around Wait, since the beginning exa- of man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was probably the first like non-speaking cave person to be like, I don't, I don't like you, so you can't touch my stuff. It was almost probably like a form of segregation of just like, well, you have to pay for our fucking goods because you're the you're you're part of the mud clan and we're not mud people over and, here. And, and uh, interesting you say that. You know, you know what else I probably think about? I, I don't want your mud food. Like we're gonna pay for our own like shit like that. I don't dismiss that theory. I don't dismiss that theory. 
I had a little spill here. It's okay. It's all good. Um, I you, you know what I think probably some of probably was too is like, well, hey man, I've gone out there. I've actually worked harder than everyone else, and I've actually collected more blueberries and I've collected more things to eat. You know why, why should, I, should I, give, I give? Why it should to I give you? it to some kid? Why should I give it to someone else? It's I love mine, how we're talking right? about it when in the caveman times it was probably just people fighting each other with no words. Yeah, yeah. Like it, someone it picking blueberries, they see another person, so they just kill them. You know, or what? Yeah, or, or yeah, or or or. Uh, or else they just yeah that they they, uh, they see him picking or they steal him they just flat out take him. I would you know? like to know the murder numbers for like prehistoric times of just like because people probably had to just be offing each other in large numbers. I would think there probably was a lot of death. There's got to be a lot of death. I would think just and bludgeoning because weapons. Yeah, didn't yeah, exist. it was a lot of hand to hand. You had to go hand to hand. I think, and that's why I think part of why they became so big and strong because, like, well, I don't know if they became big and strong. Who knows well, about that? I, mean, I think malnutrition probably was going on too. So, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, if I, you know, who, but you know, even in the in the movies, they always depict cavemen as these like half supermen who like pick up people with their fucking hands. Yeah, and which shit, is goofy. Give them you a know? big kiss on the lips, <laughs> and then choke them out. You know, yeah. it's just like no. I got a feeling back then people they were, were weak actually probably and pretty small. understand undersized because it was yeah. like you didn't always bunch eat. bunch of little you know? velociraptors running around. You know, because, and, and you and you know you probably walked around a lot too. I mean, you think about that. We basically. Get, evolved from the hunter-gatherer phase to farming which that to me was a real leap that was a real leap and that we could actually collect food and store it you, you, it, it affected right. things a lot when we hunter-gather i'm sure like when you had children it had to be like really planned out because you didn't always know when your food supply was going to be coming on i bet when hunt, i bet when farmers first came about that was the first time someone went gay <laughs> no you I, know I, this guy only eats grains and like fucking fruit and fucking gay <laughs> i don't know if they went that but i tell you this much i'm sure it was probably noticed like what the hell is it? i'm sure it was like why are they it was probably when the very first like villages was probably like formed you know what i mean the very first sort of like to be able to sustain that i mean you could have more children slowly but surely they'll probably actually actually be relatively quickly uh the farmers probably won out because they could actually have more kids you know, then they just overpopulated it, but that, that didn't happen until about twelve thousand years ago. They say, which like in, literally in, twenty thousand years isn't ago, isn't that long ago? Not at all. Not at all. It's probably if we can think about it, it's probably like the sixties. Yeah, exactly. In, yeah, in yeah. Earth times that <laughs> happened in the sixties. Yeah, yeah. In recent times, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it which is, is a, ironic because that's probably when AIDS came about too. In the sixties? No, and then even when you're the era you're talking about, twenty thousand years ago. I don't know if there was AIDS back then, man. Like, I, that's I, I fucking wild it. to me that AIDS literally was invented in the sixties. Well, I think that it, you know, I mean, I don't know the full story. I think about that the it. government conspiracy behind it is because, like, you can probably trace the flu to like the olden times. Well, I wonder about you AIDS know, is a, AIDS is the L.A. of diseases. It's, it's just, just like new. it's a post World War II fucking disease. <laughs> well, I think. I mean, I wonder. I mean, I think there's probably a lot of theories about that. So some kids, because obviously, whatever. I mean, it's a big one in the black community. Well, that to they me, created AIDS to murder black people and to murder gay folks yeah. too. And I mean, but part part of me thinks like you know, I, I think a lot of it was just you know viruses get created, man. I and mean, to, that, and to murder they, they just Hoffman. happen. They just you know you know illnesses happen. You know, and certain times people are prone to it. You know, and sort of like I I I don't necessarily think it was. I mean, I don't know. That's a that's a pretty dangerous thing to put out there. You know what I mean? Like, oh hey, let's create this and then put this out into humanity and see what happens. Uh, be careful if you do something like that. That, that then you have a. Uh, Are you any an, sort of conspiracy theorist? Uh, like, you know, I think Ken, oh, uh, I think Kennedy was killed by at least not I think with Kennedy. I'm I think not, he not. was killed by the mafia at the behest of the United States government. 
you know, I, I, I am a conspiracy. Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, I guess, how do you define a conspiracy? You know, I mean, there are, I mean, there are. Yeah, that to me anymore isn't even a, like after you have people like Alex Jones talking about how, how like mass shootings are fake and like <laughs> some of the shit, how people, but there's even some mystical ones, how people think there's a fucking planet that is coming towards earth that like science is hiding and shit like that. You know, the wormwood just, no. theory or something like you, that. You, you know, you got to deal with your weird issues from your childhood when you're thinking th- thoughts like that. That's just, that is not happening, okay? But but there's no doubt about it that there are movements to I think control and dominate people and war. You know, it's not a conspiracy that wars happen. You know, it's 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 uh, you know, I mean, I think it's done for dark political purpose. You know, yeah. so uh, you know that that that, that could be a conspiracy. You know, I mean, I I, I definitely think that there is intention. That certain forces have in our in our society in our world, you know, to, to to accomplish certain things, to do certain things, to achieve certain things, you know, money, wealth, power, or just good old fashioned control over someone else. Hell you know? yeah! I mean, uh, or the need to feel superior to someone else, you know, that that that, that well, that's that is, definitely Trump. Oh my! Well, I, I think a lot of people fall prey to that. I mean, what the hell? If you want to go back to my World War II thing that I keep always talking about, I mean, that, that was the fundamental thing about the Germans. You know what I mean? Was just the, or the that Nazis. How you, did you celebrate the day by watching some fucking World War II? You shit? know, I, I I tried to a little bit, but Frank, I've been so busy with work, Keith, that I could. I mean, I've been I was busy this. I had to go to Norwalk this. We got a ten hour or eleven hour day on, Jesus on, on Thursday. Doing a What's community Norwalk meeting. like? What's going on up there? It's a bedroom community. I mean, there's just not. A, I mean, there's. It's, it's like a, a lot of retirees. There's like one McDonald's, one Burger King. Well, I mean, one. yeah, they have a little bit of activity like that, like everything here, but it's it's single family home after single family home, like like you find here in California as it goes south towards Orange County. It, it's just one hundred thousand person town after one hundred thousand person town after one hundred thousand person. Town. Is that where so, that's where you're developing shit? Well, we're trying to. It was our very first community Go level meeting. These fucking communities. Well, fucking we're, we're trying to build a sixty unit building. Uh, in an area in Norwalk, and it's going to uh, house homeless veterans and veteran head of families. And Do you run into a lot of headbutting when you're just like, oh, we're, we're, basic, yes. we're basically going to be filling this building with gay people and homeless people? Well, yeah, home. I mean, uh, th- th- and that's why we do community outreach because we have to make sure the community is at least somewhat on board because yeah. if they're not on board and you've put tons of pre development is very expensive in real, real estate development. <laughs> why you, gays, ma'am? Because you kicked your son out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have why never don't you worked just accept a, your boy and we won't have to house him with the crackheads. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, uh, the uh, the uh, housing opportunities with people for people with I AIDS. perform there at the improv, the ladies improv. and gentlemen. There you go. Good. Job. Did you go up this past Sunday? Uh, I didn't go up, but I was there. I've been working till fucking eight p.m. all week, which is dog shit. Yeah, but so I haven't been hitting a lot of stuff. But I'm going this Sunday. Do you want to come with me? Um, let me see my schedule. I think I might try to do it. I know I'd like to because I'm actually booked on Thursday at Bar Lubitsch. Jared See, this Logan is how we show. do plugs, baby. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Bar Lubitsch, Sunset Boulevard. Oh no! It's bar, oh no! Yeah. It's a uh, bar. It's on a. Is it on a, um, uh, Melrose? Or it Santa is Monica. On Santa Monica. Santa Monica. It's yeah. in West Hollywood, seventy-seven oh two. It's a guy named Jared Logan. I used to know him back in Chicago. He used to write for uh, James Codron. Codron is it? Codron. 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 Uh, James yeah, British, you know, he's yeah, he's. Uh, I, I went there this past Thursday. Eddie Pepitone went up this past. He's Thursday. He's so funny. He is funny, uh, but I, I had to leave a little early because I've been under the <clears> weather. 
So, uh, but yeah, but I'm going up there on Thursday, which I'm looking forward to. And I want to get up one time before I go up there just to get the rust off a little bit because I want to have a good set there. Because I want I, I to make, even though it's a bar show and no one gives a rat's ass about bar shows, I look at it as being like, hey, I can go somewhere and work out. You know, I mean, I, I want to go somewhere and have a good set and, if, and, and have a consistent place that I can go to, say, every other month. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and if you get like see, four that's or five kind of, of those places, then you can sort of get, get some See, momentum. I'm kind of getting in there with Dave Hellum's show. We're like, Did you go up this past every Thursday? few months? I went up a couple weeks ago. How'd it go? It went good. You know, I because when you go to that room, it's a mostly black crowd, and you which is hit it hard, which is just a different vibe. And I think we've talked about it at least on the, I, I think I on the episode that got deleted or the one before that. It's just about you got to get them in five seconds. So yeah, oh, yeah we did a podcast before I did the set. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it's like two weeks ago. But yeah, it went well. Uh, but there was a birthday party there, so it was all kind of like. Uh, a lot of Mexican. It was a very mixed crowd. There were no white people, but it definitely wasn't all black people. All brothers. I know? love how we were saying it like it's bad. It's just a challenge. Which it's a because different it's experience. just whether you want to say it's racial or not. There's just a difference. Well, of course, yeah, it's absolutely different. You know, so I'm looking at Robin Williams. As, uh, I've, you doing know, I've Patch never, Adams. You know, I've never seen Patch Adams. Yeah, I never have either. It, it looks seems kinda, like the stupidest fucking. It movie. looks really sappy to me. It's like so. Good Morning Vietnam, but they're like just be a doctor this time. Uh, it's <laughs> so many of those movies are like they kind of got overboard with letting Robin Williams riff on film. Well, of course, you know because whatever. I I, I got to be honest. Never really that big of a fan. I actually liked him as a person. I think he was a decent guy. But his act, I gotta be honest with you, I, I never really. Well, because he improvises him. a lot. He did a live special on HBO, and the director of it went into the green room before to be like, "Hey, you got 15 minutes before you go on stage," and he was in there writing shit down. Like, and the director was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, is he even prepared? Like, he was writing new material 15 minutes before he went yeah, on stage. Yeah, but you know, the rumor is, the rumor is that he stole Notorious stuff. joke thief. Yeah. Notorious joke thief, man. So, yeah, well, look at that picture. That's a picture of Michigan and snow everywhere. I haven't seen that in, in a Michigan? while, Keith. You know, yeah, you grew up I in love Michigan. snow, dude. I miss the winter so much. You do. Today, it hit me that it's summer, and I was kind of like, ugh, I might have to buy shorts. Oh, dude, you got to wear shorts. We're in California. Got to show it off, man. Huh. <laughs> you know, no, no. I, I tell you what, though. Back to that. Let's talk tomorrow about... Uh, I'm actually shooting something tomorrow with Chad Briggs. He wants to play, play uh, like a, a fed uh, sort of bodyguard type in a suit. Oh, there you go. Uh, in the mid-afternoon. And I'll see how I'm feeling. But I may want to stop by because I got to be honest. We went there a couple weeks ago. And it's like sitting through it all. Although, you know, it was fine enough. I just don't like sitting through it. But it would be good to get up just because... Uh, to get the rust off and go in front of frankly a crowd that has never seen me before and just see okay how does this go i mean i, I know what i'm gonna do and stuff i think I, you just gotta be figure out how to be the angry guy who hates millennials without because oh that that's what it is well but a lot of that crew feels they like they you like why are you attacking our generation like you can't have you have to have and i think that's what you're getting better at is, yeah. ma is making it clear that like i'm being sarcastic guys yeah i mean like the, the, i don't really hate i don't I really hate anybody it's like, a character. For you guys frustrate me, but like I'm yeah. not. I don't hate anyone. Yeah. I don't hate them. I don't hate you guys. You guys are good. At the end of the day, you're decent people. But let's be honest, you're kind of lame too. So with I <laughs> think there is kind of a funniness that like because you know baby boomers are responsible for a lot of horrific shit. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's kind of funny to be able to flip it and be like. But you know you're you're it, responsible, including for, giving birth to millennials. You're, That's one of the most horrific. There things you go. Done. So. Uh, you know, and I have to be sandwiched in between both those awful generations. You know, I'm sorry to cut you off, Keith, but with the uh, with the boomers, the thing about them, they had everything. 
they got to go to college for like, oh, I went to college. I just worked a summer job, went to college. You know, they had, oh, I don't like this job. Well, I can just kind of go somewhere else and get a different job. You know, it's like those days are, well, I mean, if you have an education, you can do that. If you have an industry you're working, you can do that. But if you don't, you're kind of screwed, you know? So it's like, I really think boomers had so many things that were just good for them, you know, that just, just do, do not, it doesn't, you used to have pensions. You got pensions at a company, not at a, at a public place, but at a company, you got a pension. Those days are done, man. You do not get a pension now. Now it's, it's just no, social security, right? It's social security. Oh, oh, well, oh. a 401k is like a pension. Yeah, it's, it, it, but it's not guaranteed. Pensions are guaranteed. 401ks are not. That's a major well, difference. Yeah, it's tied to the know? stock market, right? Well, exactly. It's tied so, to the stock of the company. Oh, 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 or, or whatever companies you're investing in, you know? So it's like, yeah, you think you're doing well, and all of a sudden the stock market crashes. I thought about this just the other day. In 08, when the crash happened, my, my retirement lost one-third of its value. Now, it has come back and gone beyond. I've put a lot of money into it. But if that happened again, I would lose, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, you know, and it's just like, I'm sorry, I don't want it. I don't want that. I mean, if you have a pension, that's not going to happen. You know, it isn't affected by that, you know. But the problem is the rich want to make as much money as humanly possible, and the stupid masses of the alt-right support them and say, yeah, well, they got a lot of money. We should listen to them. Therefore, well, go ahead, take my pension. I don't care. I'm free, though, to set up my own business. Never mind that I got a crappy education because they don't want to pay for schools either. Oh, God. But, oh, God, the politically correct people are the ones that are attacking us. That's what it is god damn Woo-hoo. anyway uh-huh. so. <laughs> there's a moment from his act do that at bar Lubin. yeah 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 see I, that'll I, get because if, if you go because you're kind of making fun of the because you're well and that's what is fucked up about young right people. Is so weird well here's what's fucked up it's about so the, weird what i was going to say about people at the show you're going to do at bar Lubitsch, yeah they think you're a baby boomer well what well, I, I could care less what they think I'll, I'll kill i know that for a fact ah there it is there's that, that he's shown his teeth you have to. He's being confident, guys, wearing short shorts, a white T-shirt, and flip-flops. Exactly. So. Why wouldn't I, you know? I had to go out and do that today. I had to walk around, man. It's warm today. It's, it's it hot. actually it's, feels like you know summer. What? It's June 8th. Yeah. It hit me. I was walking to ride it. I was like, it's fucking summer, dude. Yeah. It's summer in Los Angeles. Yep. It's yep. A, we're coming up on a year that I visited when I made the decision to move out here. I took a. I when took, did you visit here? I took a, uh, probably this time last year, right now, like beginning in June. I was out here for a week. I stayed at a hostel on Hollywood Boulevard. Did you did you fly out here or did you? I flew out. Yes. Yeah, so, did you do a few shows or something? Who just? I just hung out. out. Yeah, uh, just you know what? I kind of just hung out on my own. Yeah, you know, something that's not a bad. I decision. texted a couple people because I didn't want. I kind of wanted an unfiltered like. Experience. I didn't want people in my ear about it. I was like, I just want to walk around LA. I'm gonna go to a couple shows at the Comedy Store. Maybe I'll. T- I texted Sean White and Dave Hellum. Yep. Which ironically, not unironically, like those are my two closest friends out here in L.A. I Interesting, would say. man. Well, I got to stop by. I see the most, and then now you. Exactly. So I got I got my like core three Me. or four. <laughs> no, I want. To I thank actually you. was very happy when I when you told me you were coming out here because like I I was because Dave and Sean are a little ahead of me in the game. Yeah. So like it's I don't see them often, but I do yeah. enough. Yeah. So like when you were like I'm moving out there, I was like, oh, someone I can hang out with like multiple times a week and not have to be in my room in Studio City, fucking smoking weed out the window. <laughs> Hilarious. So yeah, I mean I've been I came up here in four months now. It's been four months since I've been here. But I'll be honest with you, starting to work right away. It feels. I mean I I feel like I've I've been here now a little bit of time, you know, and I haven't gone up a hell of a lot. 
But when I have gone up, it's actually been decent. I've enjoyed it, and I think it's gone relatively well. Well, so I think I'm that's happy. the double-edged sword of L.A. is you have to figure out how to stay sharp because the sets mean more, but you're not going to do that many of them. And, and, and so you have to figure out kind of – I agree. I think that's a good point. If you, if you come out here, it's like that, – that's what I'm saying before. I want to try to get up at a few clubs maybe. Some don't get mean somewhere. anything. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Sometimes just hanging out. Like on Saturday, I went to that Good Heroin show That's and saw a good Nick Batterat. And yeah, it was a fun show. It's like a good a, time. Semi famous people go to there. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I, I saw a bunch of folks I knew from like. Um, I saw, was it Mike Joyce? Is that his name? That, yeah, he's there. Yeah, he, 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 he probably hangs out there a lot. He, I, I went there, we hung out, and I hung out with uh, Vatterot afterwards and, and had a good time. You know, and just met some people I hadn't met before. I saw people bumped into folks I hadn't seen in a while. Is that where you which saw Fritz? Good. I didn't see Fritz there. I saw him the next day. I saw him That's on his Sunday. scene. That's like the half. That's the shows like Good Heroin are where the alt scene and the regular scene meet. Yeah. Because like they, those shows just book funny comics. Yep. Yep. Like and, you'll and see all kind. You'll see people that go up at the store do Good Heroin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was a decent show. I'm glad I went. And I'm glad I bumped into people that I actually know there. I mean, it was an unexpected surprise to bump into Becky Garcia, who I knew from back in the day. She's pretty cool. So. So I know I had a uh, no, I, I had that a is kind of what's cool it. about I feel like in New York, the scene kind of chews you up to where if you quit, you kind of are done with the th- whole thing. Yeah. Like, I think there are people out here that like you thought quit and then you come out here and you're like, no, you still do spots and like yeah. hang out. You just don't aren't trying to be famous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, again, I'll go back to my routine. Which is weird about a place where everybody's trying to be famous. <laughs> that, like, oh no, there are people out here that are just doing this for fun because they actually enjoy doing it. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, I have to have fun, otherwise, it's just not worth doing. I'm trying you know? to get back into that too. You know, because I feel like I can because I'm not hampered down by being bitter about a scene. Oh yeah, which I mean, you know, for years, I mean, of course, I, w- I was on that path. I was that, that's how I lived, you know. And but I'm just like, you know, I. I, I have fun doing it when I do it. You know, I want to go up when I go up, get into a routine. I, I got my samples back. I have my comedic writing packet totally tight and good now. I got feedback. A, a woman uh, gave me a bunch of feedback, making some corrections. I have a good, uh, a good solid writing packet now. I'm working on my script, and then I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing this, uh, doing this show on Thursday. Got a show at the Ice House in July. You know, I'm gonna try to go up at that crappy club, Flappers, but I don't care if it's crappy as long as they put me up. I don't care. Right. It's a consistent. You know? That's kind of my well, attitude just, just when get, people get are like. That's kind of my attitude when people out here are like fucking shitty about a room like because there is the thing about like don't go up at flappers don't don't ever send a clip from flappers because it's a bringer room yeah like they want you to bring people yeah but like if if there's a room full of people that's like that's all I'm I asking mean, for. and people haven't seen your act before and yeah. stuff, and actually, okay, and, and an actual audience. You know, you you get such a, such a distorted perspective when you're a comedian and you're caught up in the scene, and you sort of, you know, and that's one of the things I kind of fell into too. Stephen was, Pearl comedian. God, I don't even. I love how they just oh the Holy City Zoo. That's a famous San Francisco room. Yeah, uh, but I love how they have these old people you've never heard of, and you're just like, oh, he's sitting in a theater. He must be doing well. <laughs> and yeah, these like interview crappy. scenes of these fucking things. I know, yeah, it's some crappy comedy. This is heard of. now we've we've cracked into Robin Williams behind closed doors, which is going to end with Robin Williams behind a closed door. Yeah, but and, and swinging from a closed door, yeah. you know. So, but yeah, joking. I, uh, by the way, you fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you? Um, uh, speaking of which, I mean, you, we should look into some rooms in San Diego, man. Well, yeah, you, know? you got Thunderbar Comedy, who that Thunderbar? I said that like a total Chicagoan. Uh, who they run shows kind of like in a couple bars, I think. 
Uh, well, we should reach out to him. I mean, I look to you. I for messaged some him once. They kind of fucking stonewalled me, so I'm gonna send him a clip. And like a little bit more of a professional email next time. That's okay. what I got to get better at. Because I'm used to in Chicago being like, hey, dude, like this yeah. is when I'm free because everyone's your friend. Yeah. But out here, yeah. it's kind of just like you've never met these people. And they it's don't like, know who you are. They don't know who you are. So you have to like send them a clip. And like this is where I performed. Maybe a couple people that could vouch for you. Yep. Yep, exactly. So and that's that's how I'm kind of approaching it, too, is getting up at some of these rooms. You know, again, if I if I go up at, you know, this uh, Bar Lubitsch this week, I don't know who else is on the bill, but they'll probably have a famous comic on there. Some all, yeah, you know? some known people. And so, you know, hey, you do well. Maybe they see you. Hey, what's your name? OK, nice to meet you. Whatever. I'm not not that buy, oh, me, okay. buy me dinner, bitch. But just by the way, they have very good food at Bar Lubitsch on Thursday. I don't know if you've been on Thursday. I've been very to good food and only vodka. They uh, <laughs> well, it is you know it's it's, it's run it's by Russian, Russian Jews, man. Russian Jews from Chicago, um, you know, um, used to uh, fucking Freddie Prinz did stand up for eight months before he decided to end it. That's what that's that's what that's what this job does to you. Paul Williams was a pallbearer for for uh, for Freddie Prince. Look at Paul Williams there. That little tiny fucker? Yes. Oh, Is that Paul, him with the fucking goatee? No, no, not, not this guy. Not the bald guy. No, no, that, that guy used to run the uh, the store. The dude talking looks like Dr. Paul Eagle. Williams was, was an icon of the 70s and the 80s. It's what hilarious. did he do? Well, he was a composer. So he, he like wrote the uh, songs for the Carpenters. There, uh, no, 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 the uh, Carpenters song, We've Only Just Begun. I kind of have a soft spot in my heart for the Carpenters. Of course you it's, do. It's one of the pussy things about me. The Carpenters, are you know they were a thing for a while, you know? They, they, I mean, they, they were in the seventies. They were stars. She died. She she basically starved herself to yeah, death. Yeah, she was anorexic. The she, first famous Annie. She she was sixty sixty nine pounds, I think, when she died. How rough is that, man? That's pretty thin. Mm. You know who else was thin, but from cancer is uh, like it made it worse, but was uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just about did a spit take there, yeah. <laughs> but, you know. But from cancer, you know, so it's funny. Uh, yeah. But it made it look worse. Was fucking uh, the Barbara Deb Wawa from fucking Saturday Night Live? Oh, oh, oh! Gene Wilder's wife. She was thin anyway. Gilda Radner, man. Gilda Radner. Yeah, it was difference. on the tip of my tongue because I know who she is and I yeah. am a fan of her. But it was just, it's just, it, just enough in the back of my head to where I like had a hard time pulling it, and I'm high. Exactly. Uh, that, that's that's why I'm trying to do this. But she was thin anyway, and then the cancer, you're just like, Jesus Christ. Well, she was anorexic, too. She had an eating disorder for yeah. many, many years, absolutely. She When I when I first was exposed to comedy and liking comedy... Not that I'm not body shaming, it's just jarring people. Oh, yeah. When yeah, you yeah. see someone with anorexia or someone you think clearly oh, has problems, you're just like, oh. this is like this is a borderline skeleton walking Oh, around. I know. Like, it's, it's so it's rough It's jarring. You feel bad, and I'm not like oh. wishing hate... Yeah, fucking you've drowned them in a toilet while they're vomiting. <laughs> I know you're not saying that for crying out loud. Yeah. But uh, but no, with um, with uh, Gilda Radner, when I first discovered... Because I remember the first cast of Saturday Night Live. And it was like... I mean, that show was like that and The Simpsons. And I mentioned some other episodes. Were like watershed shows where it was like... It, it was like a different direction of comedy. Like it was that influential. See, that's South Park you know? for me. Yeah, South Park's hilarious. South Park's very good. Very good show, too. 
Well, when, when Simpsons first came out, it was like, I mean, I was in college. You had Simpsons watching the viewing parties. Yeah. On, it was on it was Thursdays. First, it was definitely the first adult cartoon, right? Besides uh, that one about the dirty cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what uh, was Fritz that? the cat? Yeah. Yeah, no. And that was like, well, I mean, the Flintstones, I guess, in a certain way. Flintstones was actually a primetime yeah. uh, prime uh, show. Also a little problematic, dude. Fred was not kind to Wilma. Well, because well, well, he, was, he was Jackie Gleason. Wilma it was the Honeymooners. suck my dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was the Honeymooners gone, gone prehistoric. Historic, you know, but 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 the Simpsons was that, and, and I, I mean that just spawned everything. Rick, there would be no Rick and Morty without the Simpsons, obviously. Oh uh, yeah, but but Saturday Night or like Live, Family Guy, any any type none of, of that, that none of it would have existed. None of it. Uh, the whole thing with uh, you know Beavis and Butthead probably wouldn't have happened. You know, probably not. And, and neither would have uh, King of the Hill. None of that would have happened. It was that influential, uh, and the medium gave such flexibility to do so many. Go- it was truly revolutionary. Saturday Night Live was kind of that effect too. Saturday Night Live was amazing when it first came out. It, it, you well, also it totally were in your different. prime for the non Lorne years when like Ellen from Seinfeld was on it and oh I remember Robert that. Downey Jr. And God, yeah, fucking, they went through a weird and Jim phase. Belushi got on it for the eighties. Yeah, I wonder I why. Think, uh, <laughs> uh, that dude we still want a Belushi. That dude Rocket from Dumb and Dumber, Rich Pat Ro- Rocket, Pat Rocket. Yeah, absolutely. He killed himself. Yeah, you know, he, he fucking he he fucking fell on garden shears. I think is like the that's story. how he tried to do it. That's how he did do oh it. Oh my god! Or no, he slit his throat with garden shears. Oh, don't slit your throat, man. You know, some use a gun. Yeah, a gun will be instantaneous. You will not feel anything. It'll just happen. You know, it's like you know, who killed herself with a gun was a uh, was Wendy O. Williams, the lead vocalist of the Plasmatics. Just to let you know. Oh, but yeah. yeah? The, the, what I remember sounding like, because there was that first cast, and then when all that cast, they became stars. One year, Chevy Chase was on, he became, he was going to be the new Cary Grant. That, that's how he's being portrayed. He did no foul shit. play. He did foul What's play. That, like, wasn't Cary Grant a serious actor? Oh, but he was also kind of, he had a comedic streak, too, and was a handsome guy. And that's how they were trying to portray him. He was in foul play with, uh, with uh, Goldie Hawn. So he did one season of SNL, and those other guys all got, they became, they did movies. Eddie Murphy, and got, I think, was only on for two years. Yeah, Murphy was only on for, I think, maybe for three. I think he was on from 81 to 84. But he, he His last year was when Lorne quit, when fucking Dick Eversall took over. Took over. Yeah, because it, it, it also, when it went from the first cast to, to pre-Eddie Murphy in 1980. Trying to think of other obscure people. Uh, it, 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 was, it was really struggling. The show was going to be canceled. It was going to be canceled, but Murphy and Piscopo, and really Murphy, saved the show. Absolutely saved the show. There's no doubt about it. Because Murphy, when he was on there, it was like, I can't tell you how big it was. He was so goddamn funny to me. When I was 12, 13, 14 years old, he was the best. Lauren came he back in best. like 87, right? Yeah, I don't quite. I think around that time, maybe it was 86. Farley came on in 89. Yeah. That yeah. was like the first big revival cast. When like well, I remember the late 80s Chris cast Rock, started getting Chris, good. Chris Rock and Farley were like Hartman, new in 89. Hartman. Hartman. Kind of, uh, Jan Hooks was yeah. actually very funny. Very underrated SNL. When I think of all-time underrated SNL performers, Hooks is in the conversation. She's very funny. By the way, her, her and then Nora Dunn did that lounge singing duo, uh, or as I called them, the uh, the pre putter paws. So anyway, uh, so <laughs> they were on the, the show I did was all Chicago people. Uh, I went up, the putter balls went up. Calvin Evans hosted. Jay Washington did a guest spot. Shit. And then they had one other fucking. Uh, He's talking the hell of a show up. right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, Alicia went and watched, so she got to hang out with people. Martin Morrow was there. Oh, Morrow. Was this two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. I I, I had something to do work wise because I I'm gonna go to that show. I can't go this coming Thursday because I'm booked. But I want I want to I got because I want to get up there. He'll put me up. He'll put me up. He's a good guy. I like Helm. The hell the Helmsman of comedy. The great Helmsman. There you go. 
I always get jealous when they have commercials of people opening their fridge and there's like so much fucking food in there. Well, Jesus pays them. Like they're God. always they're always upset that I mean, they don't buy have, food. You know, do well, the, you know. I mean, you, you're not. It's not a luxury. You they know? always. Uh, it should be. Uh, <laughs> or, or it is in this country. Yeah. So. They o- they're always upset that they don't have the specific product, but I'm just like, look at all the other food around you. Just eat something else, bitch. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So we're gonna now we put gonna on, get, we're uh, gonna get Hitler's last Hitler's year on last here. years because you know I, I am in the midst of writing my script. Oh yeah, you struggle. need you need to absorb this Nazi well, I, shit. I, I, I finished I, Chernobyl, by the way. Oh, well, how was it? It's so great, dude. And it, is it actually kind of is it based in the historical sort of? A hundred percent. The only oh. the only fictional person is they create this female scientist yeah as a representative of that's a, a fiction right <laughs> not, a, a, oh, uh. no, same joke i made to alicia okay uh <laughs> but it's basically to represent all the scientists who were opposed to russia and like no like who really actually knew what happened because the whole show is about russia denying anything Just lying over uh, it because, because of yeah. russian pride about how like they their whole thing was like a nuclear reactor in russia can't explode yeah and like the dude who ran the nuclear reactor is the main villain he's a total piece of shit we might even if we, if i could, we could stay longer because i got to get out of here at like 4 15 yeah i'm telling you start watching this show you well, love it is it on showtime or was it on, it was uh, on HBO. hbo yeah i don't have so HBO. it's about the, it's about uh, this valerie guy the valerie something he's like the one main scientist who like was brought on who was first like no this is what actually happened and they like tried to silence him and he fucking ends up killing himself and like because he uh, they did this trial and he him and all these scientists basically like finally tell ever the Russian government what actually happened uh, and they all acknowledge that he was right but then the KGB takes him into a room and they were like the, res- the results of this hearing will never be made public yeah the he he admits to lying in a previous deposition and, and they were, and this they were is like the former Soviet Union, right? Which yeah. was dominated by Russia. Hundred percent. A, a country that now we have a president trying to ingratiate himself with. This documentary made me yeah. hate the Russian government. What? Wh- why they're would so you dislike stupid. them? Because even when you see the I'm process. Joking, so here's what. Do you know why Chernobyl happened? Well, I was going to say, yeah. What, what were the actual? What was the mechanics? So basically, of uh, I can't get into the chemicals of what made the explosion. I happen, was a but junior basically, in high school. Here's what happened. Yeah. When they built the Chernobyl reactor. It has to get a safety test to be able to start running. So basically what they did is they put a delay on the safety test and we're basically like, look, let us do the fucking let us build this thing and get it going and then we'll do your safety test. It took three years to do the safety test. Oh, God. So it was just about coming up. So they were like, you have to do this test right now. How old was the reactor? Like it was only three years old or four years old? It was an, under a decade. Okay, God, I didn't uh, know it was that new. So basically what happened was is at a certain time of the night, they started doing the safety test, and the people they made do it had never done it before. And then they were looking through a manual, and there were some instructions crossed out, and they were like, what do we do? So they called down, and they were like, "What? Like some of these instructions are crossed out. Do we follow the crossed out instructions? And they were like, yeah, yeah follow the crossed out instructions. <laughs> So you have to lower down the heat of the nuclear reactor to start to a certain thing to do the test. Yeah. So they're lowering it down. And By putting those rods into the... Uh, well, yeah, 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 and it starts going way, way, way fucking low. So to get it back up, they start putting the rods in. But what the scientist that kills himself ends up saying is, he goes, when they pulled the rods all the way out, they caused a problem because the tips of the rods are made of graphite. 
And when graphite touches what's ever in the nuclear reactor, it causes more heat. So oh. he said when they followed the crossed out instructions, which they were basically forced to basically with a gun to their head saying yeah. like, you'll never work in this field again if you don't fucking do this test. So he said when they pulled them all the way out, they caused a serious situation. So when they put the rods back in uh, and then it had something to do with this chemical being formed, yeah. uh, xenon being built up. So there was xenon poisoning in the reactor and that causes more heat. So basically the safety test pulled out. There's like he, he basically said nuclear fusion goes on like a give and take process. Like yeah. you do this one thing and then this cools it down and then this heats it up and then this cools it down. There's and then a, there's this a reaction, heats it up. literally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or an interaction. And then yeah. he said when you did your safety test, you literally removed every one of the cooling like <laughs> You 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 took away all the gives. So the and, the and safety it, test, even though it was supposed to be safety, ironically enough, yeah, caused it. Caused it. Oh man. And so they get he basically fries the fucking nuclear program in Russia. And he was like, right now, there's currently 16 other nuclear facilities in the Soviet Union right now with the same fucking shit. They're all ticking time bombs. So they basically say like, you're fucking done. Like you're, you can keep your job and your salary, but you'll never work again. Wow. No one will ever hear the results of this. So he basically records ta uh, cassette he tapes. He mean the guy who kills himself. Yeah. He records himself, yeah. cassette tapes and then releases, mails. Was that retro in your eyes? No, I so, grew up with cassette tapes. Okay, I know. <laughs> uh, and then he releases the tapes and then hangs himself. And it, they say they have a do, they have like a whole basically like a, you know how at the end of shit they tell you what the real characters did that like yeah. the people played? Yeah. So he basically killed himself because he knew that if he released the tapes and killed himself, people couldn't ignore it. So they were like, he ba him killing himself is why people ended up acknowledging it. And then after he killed himself, that's when the Russian government finally acknowledged what fucking happened and fixed the fucking nuclear reactors in Russia. Well, when that happened? They just built the containment unit. It just got fit built. Like, like literally, like basically a giant they, dome over yeah. it, essentially. Yeah, because I, I mean, how like, how big is the area, the circumference or the radius? Pripyat? I don't know. I can look uh, it up uh, right uh, now. Of the uninhabitable area is it like fifty miles, seventy five miles? Let me see. I mean, because that, that that's interesting. Because I mean, it'll be that way for thousands of years. You know, you can you can go to Chernobyl, but they make you wear the little meters, Jesus. and you can only do the it Geiger for, counters. You can only do it for twenty minutes. Jesus. Uh, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I mean, I, I was... There's fucking... The people... They had uh, the firemen who were putting out the... Because they sent firemen. They were just like, oh, no, the plant's on fire. Go put oh, it out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people were touching debris and it burnt through their gloves and shit. Th those people died within a day. I was gonna say, That's gruesome. They show their skin because, like, uh, radiation makes your skin translucent. It basically melts your insides. Oh, uh, so what they a terrible said, death. So they said there's firemen's clothes in the basement of the Chernobyl plant that is still violently radioactive to I'm this sure. day. I'm sure. I'm sure if you had a Geiger counter and, and pointed it in that direction, it would they sound show like video popcorn of it. going out there. They, they show I video like of it. It'd be like AM radio. It would just be you know completely loud. But I again, I was a junior in high school when that happened. I remember, you know, and it was like, wow, I can't, you know, people were just like, I mean, it was a news story, but it was a very neutral reaction in this country because the Cold War was still, you know, going on. Uh, Sean Flannery told me a story. He was like maybe in fourth or fifth grade when that Sean Flannery was a comic in Chicago, for those of you who don't know. He was in the fourth or fifth grade. I think he was going to Catholic school. And, and, you know, they would do prayers, I think, in the morning. And he suggested doing a prayer for the people who lived near the nuclear power plant in Chernobyl. And he was scolded for that. He was scolded for that. Because by, that's, that's May, 
By May 1986, about a month later, all those living within a 19-mile radius of the plant had been relocated. This area is often referred to as the zone of alienation. However, significant radiation affected the environment of a much wider radius. God. I mean, how did they eventually get it under control? They poured concrete on the fucking on the whole thing, basically. Yeah. And initially, they had to send people down there because the right away there was a because they have they put water on it too. That's one of the cooling aspects. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But after the explosion happened, they said if the, if this water hits it, it it would basically create a nuclear explosion that would have leveled like thirty miles in every direction. It would have been a massive fucking yeah. global fucking catastrophe. Yeah. So they had to send people in there to turn off the water and they rumor that those people it was rumored that they died immediately but one of them is still alive wow um and then they had like thousands of people go in and pour concrete over the fucking rods yep. and the reactor and then they had to hire a fleet of people to go on the roof and shovel the n- nuclear debris off of the roof <laughs> onto the ground so but, it so, all took like years oh i'm sure sh- i'm sure the cleanup was forever you know, I mean, well, that was, I, you know, Keith, again, dating myself, 1979, I lived on the East Coast. I was about 120 miles from Three Mile Island, you know, in, which was an Eastern Pennsylvania nuclear power plant that came within minutes, I guess, of melting down. And I remember that was like, that basically was the, there hasn't been a nuclear power plant approved in this country since then. They haven't approved it, approved it in over 40 years. There's been discussions about doing it, but when there was the, uh, the tsunami that happened in Japan several years ago, I guess that caused damage to a nuclear power plant. Germany has made the decision, we're shutting down all of our nuclear power plants in the next, I don't know, five, ten years, and we're going as much green as we can possibly go in renewable because they have some left-wing socialist Marxists telling them how to live their life. They're not free. No, I, actually, it's a smart thing to do. It's actually less expensive and better for the environment, and you're yeah. able to still power your society. I, I know that's rational thought. I know it's rational. And you don't want to think that way because you've been brainwashed the past decades listening to Rush Limbaugh. But this is a fact. It is a fact. Now, um, sorry, with d- different set okay. of facts. Different According facts. to reports from Soviet scientists, 28,000 uh, so 28, square kilometers or 10,800 square miles were contaminated by cesium-137 to levels greater than 185 kbq per square meter. Roughly 830,000 people lived in this area. That's uh, a lot. About, uh, about 4,000 miles were contaminated by cesium-137 to levels greater than 555 kbq slash m and a rough... Uh, yeah, so thousands of miles. The, uh, the reported data were, uh, were corroborated by the International Chernobyl Project. Well, yeah, I think there had to be. So, I mean, international. I mean, uh, but but the point is, I mean, it could have been even worse, right? Could, it could have been absolutely terrible, like horrific. In right? late 1995, the World Health Organization linked nearly 700 cases of thyroid cancer among children and adolescents to the Chernobyl disaster. Fake news, not true. Dude, Fake news. Even to this day, Russia Russia has the death toll of Chernobyl at 31. <laughs> yeah, that, that 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 ain't the it's case. It's basically the people that were in the plant. That like died from the explosion. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to the yeah, the exposure, you know. But again, I remember that that being. I remember being watching the news. I was ten years old when 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 Three Mile Island happened, and watching the news in DC, and they were saying, if you see a pink cloud on the horizon, go into your basement. That that, that that's basically what it was. Because I mean, there was genuine concern it was going to happen. You know. That 
I mean, on the East Coast. Do you realize how devastating that would have been? There's 50 million people from Boston to D.C. You know what I mean? It's, it's really, really large. It's a lot of freaking people. So data from a long-term monitoring program from 1998 to 2015, it's called the Corma Report 2, shows a significant decrease in internal radiation exposure of the inhabitants of small villages in Belarus, 80 miles Belarus. north of Gommel. Yep. Uh, re- uh, resettlement may even be possible in parts of prohibited areas provided people comply with appropriate dietary rules. Because you probably can't eat fucking any of the vegetation. That's oh, oh yeah, area. I'm sure it's already Or like you can't, any, yep. no hunting. Yeah. Because you can't eat. They say some of the animals around still have radiation, but it's a, they're not like mutated or anything. Well, I know that I know a, a guy in Chicago. His wife was uh, from Belarus. She was born in Belarus, and she's an older brother. And they weren't that far away from there. They had constant nosebleeds when they were children. They had constant nosebleeds. Now I have no idea if that was just the general condition of living, but it was uh, that that was a major problem, you know. And I wonder if that was related to that. They said that, that there was a lot of the kids of, of their age were were kind of perpetually sick. They were just perpetually sick, you know. Which I am not surprised by. So is Herman Goering right there. Look at his fat. So the exclusions, the exclusion zone covers an area of 1,000 square miles. Then that's that. That's the official like. Like you literally cannot go into yes. that area. Like you are yeah. taking your health in your own hands if you do so. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I wonder what that's equivalent to. Thousand square miles. Like is that the size of the L.A. Basin or something? Or you know you know what I mean? Like I wonder how large that is. Like if it's equivalent to a county or something. I mean it's you got to put that in perspective. Let me see. Yeah. Because they just, they just see kind of what that area would be. To get a sense of that, but yeah, no, that was a big, that was a big disaster in the '80s. By the way, today when I was a little bored, got up this morning, took a quiz on CNN.com of my knowledge of 20th century history, got every single question right, every single, all 50 questions, very simple, multiple choice, one or two answers, binary, very easy. See, binary is uh, the 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 mode of operation of how our country kind of deals with things. You know, it's also how we deal with our gender, Adam. <laughs> But deal with this, my God. Well, you know, we should have a straight pride parade because gays get a gay pride parade. Rhode, why, why Island, Rhode Island is 1,034 square miles. Wow. So an area the size of Rhode Island, basically. Wow. That's pretty large. That's huge. And then outside of that, there's many more thousands that just have like cancer yeah, yeah. effects. Wow. That, that, that That's a big deal. Holy shit. That's crazy, man. But, yeah. You know, well, anyway, that's Chernobyl. We covered that one, man. I wanted to make sure we covered Chernobyl. That was necessary. When I was, today, before he came on, I was like, you know, some. I hope we discuss Chernobyl. That's what I want to get into. But I'm glad you watched that. A historical sort of. Uh, I, but I don't have HBO. I can't watch it. You know. Did they take it away? Well, I, I don't have it as part of my basic package. You know, so I, they took away the NFL Network. I'm sure there's some thing going on between the basic cable here and the NFL Network. They took the NFL Network away. I can't watch. You know, seasons, uh, you know, when they break down every single, you know, football season, you know, uh, you know, they, you know, they, they go through like the, the, the teams that have, you know, lost rings as missing rings is a show I like to watch. Missing rings is great. You know, it, it's the teams that could have won a Super Bowl, but didn't. Or they, they had the, the ability to win a Super Bowl, but did not. They got one about the Bills, the Vikings. They got two. There's one franchise that has two. It's and Vikings. it's the Minnesota Vikings. One for the 90s too, right? Well, it's one for 98, one for 69. In 1969, the arrogance... You know, they won like 12 games in a row. 
1969, they were, they were a very good team. The NFL, that's how arrogant the NFL still was. And oddsmaker still thought the NFL was superior to the AFL. Even because Super Bowl three had not achieved the mythical status that it soon achieved. Um, and they were 12 and a half point favorites well, because the final score was 14 to nine or something like that. Well, it was 16. It to was seven. a horrible game. 16 to seven. But but it was dominated by the Jets. If you watch highlights, totally. You know, you know, the, the, Jets. the highlight of the, I used to watch Super Bowl. There's this VHS I had that was it basically covered Super Bowl one to the Doug Williams Broncos Super Bowl. God, which is um, Super Bowl 22, I believe. And the Super Bowl three piece is like a minute long. Wow, it's yeah, like yeah. they just did. They didn't get into it very much. Yeah, yeah, because because I mean, and, and that was deemed. It's become mythical through time, obviously, because it's probably the, you know, it, it was the birth of the true modern NFL. Seventies NFL is still the best NFL of all time. You could still play the game hard. It was dirty, and, and then the leagues that combined, so it truly was a national game. That's when it truly became a national game. How crazy is that? You know, when I was a kid, that that was the height. The NFL was great in the seventies. It was awesome. <laughs> well, because you know? baseball was dog shit. Well, I mean, baseball was actually fun. They were they were good teams, but it just was not. I mean. You know, it started losing losing in popularity. Yeah, it just was. It was. The I NFL wonder if that correlates over. to people becoming more primal with like wanting to see violence. You know, on that's television. a good point. Yeah, I mean, I wonder about Evil that. Evil Knievel was popular in the seventies. I remember boxing having... was fucking at its fucking peak. Absolutely, hockey. Hockey wasn't hockey. It was just fighting. That that's yes. all hockey was. I've told the story before, but... and, and that probably directly correlates to the violence of the sixties, the racial violence. Like it was probably just like, well, we like fighting now. Yeah. Well, it, it was. When, when I, I wonder. I wonder if you can draw those correlations. But I mean, you know, I'm not against those theories. I, I went to a hockey game. I think I said this before. January, it was the day before Super Bowl fourteen, which was the fourth Pittsburgh Steelers championship when they beat the Rams thirty-one to nineteen. I went to a hockey game the day the game before. It was a Flyers Capitals game. I was ten years old, going to that game, and it was uh, there was a fight. 27 seconds into the game. I've looked the box score up, Keith. There were three bench-clearing brawls. That hockey game took three hours oh, to play. Oh, and fans would throw swings oh, at players? I, I, well, I told you, I mean, I, players, they did come out in the crowd and get into fights. It was the first time I ever saw two grown men get into a f- true, full-on fistfight brawl. Punches landing, guys getting wrestled, blood drawn, 70s hair all over the place like it was a Leonard Skinner concert. I mean, it was just like completely, I mean, just, and, and I was going to the bathroom by myself. I was 10 years old, you know, and walked me down there, and a fight broke. And I, and I remember being scared. I mean, and the crowd, there were fights. It, it was a violent, raucous, white crowd, you know? Yeah, Gretzky changed that. Well, you know, well, the game, they also realized... The that, NHL kind of went into their own a- AFL battle when the Western Hockey League became w- oh, no, no, you mean the World Hockey League. Yeah, they signed, w- Bobby, w- Hall for a, they signed Bobby Hall for a million dollars. <laughs> and everybody was like, well, this is, this is going to destroy the game. <laughs> <laughs> he, he signed from the uh, from the from the Hawks, from the Hawks. To, to the to the Jets. They stole the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, the WHL. Here, are the, the WHL. Oilers came from the WHO. The Oilers, the Hartford Whalers, yep. who, who are became the, the Carolina, Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes. Uh, it was also the uh, the Nordiques, right? The Quebec Nordiques, who became the uh, the Colorado Avalanche, the San Francisco Seals. No, no, that that was an expansion NHL team. And who was the fourth team from the LA WHL? Kings. No, no, the Kings. The Kings were an expansion team too in the sixties. Um, they were part of the in '67. The league added six more teams. It was the Penguins, the Flyers, the Kings, the Golden Seals were part of that. 
and the fourth WHL team to get integrated. What was the Winnipeg Jets? Winnipeg Jets were also in, who then moved to Phoenix, and then they and then they got another team in Winnipeg. So, ooh, there's a nice picture of Auschwitz. You know, there you there go. There we go. So check this out. To uh, my cousin is very worldly. And she said, like, she goes, when I was in Germany, I went to a bunch of concentration camps. There's tours. Yeah. She goes in at all of them, like, they're, like, they're intense. And, like, you get the emotion of it. She goes, but only at Auschwitz. Uh, oh, no. She was saying another one. She, what are the two big ones? Well, uh, Auschwitz-Birkenau or, Birkenau or, or, or uh, Treblinka. Birkenau, she Bir- said. Yeah, yeah Birkenau. So she, she, she said Auschwitz. She goes, Auschwitz. And she didn't mean it disrespectfully. She goes, but it's kind of like sanitized yeah like yeah. there was like bo- almost gift shops yeah yeah like she Did goes, they have a gift shop she goes but birkenau <laughs> she goes you feel it when you walk in there like you know this yeah. was industrial death she, going on. she goes you could feel the fucking vibe of the place she goes and it's very visceral and emotional when you go to that one yeah yeah i did i did a tour of the Anne frank house and that there's a few moments when you watch that where you go in there you're like well, this is kind of this is pretty crazy that someone had to live in total silence with their family. Oh, probably been... in a very cramped space. Yeah, it, it, it was in it was in like a it was in a ceiling or a, a um an attic, you know. But I went there with a buddy the of little mine. Little baby vest. I went there with a buddy of mine to Amsterdam, and he was like, uh, afterwards, he's like, "Hey, Crocious, Crocious, I gotta tell you, this is a good joke, Keith. You're gonna like this." He's like, he he, he went up to we were at Anne Frank's house. It takes you like an hour to get through it. They have video there. You're saying you know, it like she invited you over. You we know, were all at Anne Frank's house. She had a spread. <laughs> So we leave, and he's like, we, we get out of our, you know, there's a big line to go into it, big tourist trap. We get get away from the people waiting in line. He's like, dude, dude, the prostitute I had sex last night with us looked like Anne Frank. That's what he said. Ah. <laughs> so I, I lost it when he said that. I got to be honest with you, you know. So Anne Frank, bit of a looker. All women had so unibrows back then. Like, oh, yeah, you're a pedophile. Know, no, come on. No, I'm not. I don't but, know if um, it was on air, but last week. We were listening to one of those music channels that'll show you, like, on TV, they'll play music and show you the fucking picture of the album. Yeah. And it was Houses of the Holy, and Crozier goes, you know how I knew I was never a pedophile? <laughs> that album cover didn't do anything for me. And I remember looking at that when I was, like, 14 or 15, and it was, like, naked, like, say, probably, like, 8 to 11-year-olds, and I was like... I'm supposed to like nudity. Like I remember looking at a Playboy. Because you were of then. age, you could have been turned on by. That. Oh, absolutely. You were like when what, I would 12? look at a Playboy. When you're 12, you can be turned on by a nine-year-old. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. But I was 15. Okay, then so I'm a little gross. more adult, a little you know, yeah. a little older. And I remember looking at a Playboy and knowing, wow, I like looking. at I naked love how women, you knew, you know? like this is the moment. Like I'm gonna let's see if I'm a pedophile. <laughs> Me, well, I wasn't testing let's, myself. Let's I, I was <laughs> dust off houses of the holy, and we'll really test my animal. And I was just urges. like, you know, I'm not. I'm just not. I remember being kind of well. They're naked. Like I remember this too. I remember this also. This is how I knew I liked girls too and didn't like boys. My, uh, my, I had an aunt who had Playgirl magazine, which is so 70s. I remember Shawn Michaels, the wrestler, did Playgirl. He had the belt over his junk. <laughs> That's is Playgirl still a magazine? I don't Does think it still so. exist? I don't think so. I think it was owned by Playboy, but I remember looking at Playgirl and like seeing naked guys and being like, "Okay, I, they're naked, and I'm supposed to kind of like that people are naked." But I'm like, "But this this feels weird. Like it, it didn't feel right to me." Whereas when I look, I swear to God, Keith, when I looked at a Playboy when I was eight years old, it was just like, like an explosion. Like, oh my god! Like I knew I liked girls. I think you know it's I mean? still going. Playgirl magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Like think it's still going. I'm doing a spread. As of open mic comedians of L.A. <laughs> as of 2016, the magazine was believed to only have had approximately 3,000 subscribers. 26 2016. Yeah, 
Jesus. These magazines, like the whole video thing. Is I was going to say fucking Time magazine probably has four. Yeah, I know. It, it's Well, I think what does Playboy even have? You know, it's just it is so different now. God, it's so different. So different. I mean, Hugh Hefner was worth, I think, hundreds of millions of dollars at one point from Playboy fucking magazine. Like just from the ability to look at naked women. Like Dude, it was that much of the a mystery. The C also part of Wikipedia is my favorite because the first thing is feminist pornography. <laughs> Refers to a genre of film developed by and or for those dedicated to gender equality. It's created for the purposes of encouraging women and their self-beliefs of freedom through sexually equally and pleasure. It's basically like I've seen like feminism porn where it's like a gang of women will tie a dude up to a tree and like fucking rape him but he likes it. Like the, really? They, they actually like have they that? tie them up and they're all bondaged up and they fucking like, we're going to fucking rape you, you fucking whore. And he gets all hard and they fuck him while he's tied well, up. Well, I think and a lot like, of guys would do like, it. And he's like, no. Well, you're assuming a guy would react that he's way. He's screaming no, but spanking him. You know, that, that that that's just, well, yeah. Eventually, I mean, he ends time, up liking it. By the end of it, he's like eating their well, ass yeah. and vagina. Oh, God. What is it with the eating of the ass in your generation, dude, too? Dude, my generation you loves, loves eating ass. Eat, your generation loves to eat ass. Yeah, dude. And I don't get it. I do not get I've it. I've never done it. Only good, good, you know. I grazed one of my ex's ass holes. Like, I, yeah. I was like. Because you you're ever, doing your work you down there. You try and go from the back, but like touch. Yeah, her, yeah, touch yeah, her yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're going in the woman I, taint. I did that, but I was coming back up. This is what this is what my aunt survived. This is what Berlin looked like at the, at the end I of the war. Can't, I love how I'm telling a story about yeah. fucking touching one of my ex's <laughs> assholes. And you were just like this. And you just like cut to an important part of World War Two while yeah. I'm talking about this. <laughs> so anyway, though, yeah, what happened? But so. I remember going up the back of her jeans again to get my yeah. hand out and I totally like I felt the wrinkles I touched her ass oh of her sphincter and I was just like oh like I totally like was she was like, like, like no it's a no, bad one or yeah no yeah. she didn't but it was, it was she, inadver- knew, it was well, she knew I wasn't trying to like fucking yeah. r- rot a finger in there <laughs> some people meant it's just part of the it's just part of the game it's just what you do you know, not doing it is deemed kind of strange. I, I'm sorry, I do not get ass play. I'm not very Unless kinky. That thing, I'm not very kinky. In that, that, I'm that, very... That, oh, I'm I'm a vanilla when it comes down to it. You know, yeah. it, you know if I do it face to face, I'm to be happy. on the bottom doing a crossword puzzle. You know? <laughs> but to me, it's like it better be right in the shower. Things better be freaking clean and sanitary down there. And I don't care how much you wipe. Listen, there's something going on down there. You know what I mean? You gotta. I mean, that thing better be fucking clean. You know, I just. And some people just they love doing it. They get in there. I had a buddy who Some people it. want sexual history. Crow wants that pH level. <laughs> that fucking that hell. I, oh, I, I mean, come on, man. Only bad things come out of that thing. I mean, well, babies. What, I, I don't. I'm talking about the A, not the V. The V is the promised land, Keith. That's what you're going after. You're going after the V. The V is what matters the most. I mean, depending on how valuable something was, if it was stuck up there, you'd be happy that it came. Well, out. I mean, that'd be different, you know. I, yeah, I, I never had this happen, but a buddy of mine lost a rubber one time, a condom, inside a woman, and the next day was his girlfriend. He was finger-blasting her, and he pulled it out. It was in I there wonder, for a full day. That's great. I wonder <laughs> if a dude ever lost his wedding ring inside of a prostitute's of asshole. Of course it happened at some point. Of course or it happened. Or she's good enough to where she clamps it off and pulls it as, like, blackmail. <laughs> I need $10,000 more immediately. Yeah. You know, well, listen, my wife doesn't do this, and I want to do this, you know? And by this, I mean just good old-fashioned sex, you know? So oh, that was a good radio effect. Absolutely it was, man. Hey, man, I, I know how to work a mic, you know? 
Speaking of the sex talk, hey, there we go. So uh, yeah, man. So that, that that's kind of what's going on, man. That, yeah. Anything you want to talk about in particular this week? Any news event that popped to you, or any anything happened that was like, oh man, we got to talk about it? You think? Or, uh, I don't know. I've just been busy with work, man. I mean, but you've been going up a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, no, not this week. I've been working my fucking day job till eight o'clock. So you, did you, uh, how what did you how many hours I, you worked this week? Thirty seven and a half. So that's a good. That's, fu- that's like a full. That's like a Dumb and Dumber. I made that reference at work when they're like, I can't believe there are any. There's not anybody hiring out there. And Lloyd goes, uh, Yeah, unless you want to work forty hours a week. Me, me, yeah. Well, it- <laughs> and that's why it's funny because that's like the bare minimum for like if you're working forty hours a week and you're a functioning adult with a family, you're a fucking loser. God. Wow, you need man. to be working 60 to 80 hours a week to raise a family oh, in this fucking God. country. God. I, I'm sorry. That's part of the reason why I'm not married. Why people no are kids. dying. That's why people are dropping dead at heart attacks at well, 56. I mean, it's just like, it's like, I'm sorry, man. It's just like, oh, man. I mean, I, 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 work, I work probably, I don't know, 45 to 50 hours a week is what I work, I'd say, you know? Uh, and that's probably a little bit too. I probably should work work more than that. I'm sorry. No one should work more than forty hours a week. Uh, I mean, it's no, and really, it should be even less than that, frankly. But that'll never happen. My God, we're a global superpower. We must maintain our status as the most important dominant country Dr. on Earth. Doctor John died. Oh, I remember that. I I, I got that notice. Doctor yeah. John. You know, I remember him being on Saturday Night Live. I'm sure he had. A, I'm sure he didn't have any plaque built up in his arteries. I'm sure he oh, had a totally healthy diet. There was this thing that I kind of want to start doing. It's the weekly fucking social media fucking scrap. Oh god! So there was this dude. It was this hotel worker who worked at a Holiday Inn, I believe. And this lady called in and called him an f and n word over the phone. Ooh, drop the n so, bomb. But later she comes in thinking like, well, he doesn't know what I look like. So I'll just try and get this room again. But he recognized the voice. So what he does is he puts his phone on, but he doesn't put it on her. He puts it on to where it's facing him. So he's recording it, but he's not outing her. And she's just like, please give me a room. And he's just like, it's above me. You called me an F and N word. And it, everybody was loving it. So but here's the thing. Here's above ha- me. Meaning what? Like, like he, he was just he was a gay person. So he's just like, it's above me. Like that was just his attitude way of being like, no. I don't want to do business with you. He was basically saying, like, you called me the M word. I'm not going to let you in this hotel. Well, yeah, of course. And, like, the chick, the lady's family came down. We're like, why won't you just give her a room? And that's when he goes, it's above me. She called me an F and N word. Above me, meaning I can't do this? Yeah. yeah I'm so low. I'm such, a, I'm such no, an idiotic. Like, no. Well, like, she was. he was basically saying, like, it's out of my hands. Like, it's out of my hands. She called me the N-word. Oh, like, oh there's, I'm, there's I'm some not, good... I'm not going to let her in. Th- there's some good naked uh, pictures of... Uh, oh, yeah. We got very sick. This is the... the oh, my God. Th- that dude. guy's literally within two or three days of death. Son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, yeah. This, and, and he made people tour all, all of the... Uh, all the uh, yeah, th- this is the pictures of uh, Eisenhower bringing in people from the communities around the concentration. Well, because people thought it was a conspiracy. Well, well right? they thought it was a lie. They couldn't believe it because it was too it was too horrific. So everybody just thought a war was going on. No one. Well, thought they I were mean, actually... I think I, I think a lot of people in Germany were complicit. But you know, some you could say they were complicit. They were scared shitless because did any of the soldiers they... writing letters tell their wives like, oh, hey, oh, this I is think what so. the fuck is going on? Yeah, I think so, absolutely. But 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 also, I, I think that a lot of the Germans were. They didn't speak up because if you, you know, what happens if you speak up, you end up in the in the concentration camp too. You know, so it's like, 
I mean, it's pretty crazy, man. Like, to actually set that up, to do that, to actually think that this is the way... I mean, what's so disturbing about the Nazis, beyond what they just did, it's what they didn't do, what they had plans to do. They did like 10% of what they wanted to do. I mean, they were going for it. They truly wanted to create a master race across the planet. That's what they wanted to do and make it just Germans. They were going to start doing eugenics and you know? shit. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I mean, it was Well, that was part of their defense during the Nuremberg trials. They were like, well, we learned this from America. They had eugenics in America. Got you a know? pile of dead Jewish people right there. Uh, Ooh, there's some good that's some good body parts yeah they would shrink heads and stuff you could, you could buy body parts and stuff like it was like and you have like a shrunken head on your desk you know as, as like a paperweight oh my god they, they would sell they, they'd crush their bones make it into fertilizer I mean it was like Holy I mean it was like an shit. economic thing you know obviously melt on and get the gold from their teeth and steal all their belongings and you know all that stuff you know so they uh, I mean they, they, they look right there there we go there's some shrunken heads there we go. Holy crap. How do you shrink a head? I, I think, I don't know, it's some embalming process, I think, to, to actually do that. So that, that, that's what was done because you dehumanize someone so much. Well, well, why do people use the word racism so much? I just don't get it, Keith. Why would they actually say that? Why would they be afraid of racism? I just don't understand. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, oh, it's overused too much, though. It's like the little boy would cry wolf. Why would you talk about racism? I, I, don't, I don't get why, how it could be a motivating principle for millions of people to actually murder millions of other people. I mean, wh- why would you still continue to talk about it? So this guy tapes the lady saying F and N word. Yeah. He didn't tape her saying it, but he calls her out. He doesn't show her face, so like she doesn't get doxxed or anything, which I like. That's yeah. kind of a, a solid move on his part. Yeah, acknowledges yeah. racism, doesn't end this lady's life. Yeah, uh, but then here's how ferocious my generation is. That wasn't enough, so people click on this guy's Twitter profile because he tweeted the video and they, shame him for dig, not going. They far dig enough. back into his tweets, and he's this gay dude, and and he's t- they find tweets where he's like being anti-trans. And they try and cancel this guy. So like this dude who was all about like trying to acknowledge like who was the hero for about an hour. Someone digs back into his tweets being like, no, well, now we need to cancel this guy. God, like it just becomes another fight, becomes another fight. You know, it's what what, I, I guess. What is the goal to prove that you're a good person? Yeah, I mean, because it's completely isolate, and it's just because well, you're afraid of stuff that you've said in your past that might be deemed like, you know, think norms change. I used to be Keith. I used to say I used to drop every slur for a gay person in the book when I was in my twenties, all the time, you know. And eventually, I just through doing stand up and meeting enough gay people and having enough like, close friends, like you know, who are gay, I realized, well, just don't do that anymore. This that it's foolish, and I, I haven't done that in years. I don't really have guilt over that. It's like you can mature and grow out of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's not like I don't know. It it, it just seems like, and you're gonna just attack people for with being anti this or anti that. Come on, man. I mean, it's just it's a little bit crazy. You know, yeah. it's it's a little bit crazy to me. I it's I don't know. Speak your mind. Say whatever you want. You expect some blowback sometimes, but. You know, uh, everyone's life is, is is a living hell, pretty much. I mean, some people have it better than others, but everyone's living in their own private hell, you know? So uh, that's crazy. So they went after him. And, and uh, yeah, I guess I should look at some of my he old He took tweets. it like a champ, though. He basically said, he goes, you guys can try and cancel me all you want, but no one's going to care about this in two days. Well, exactly. It, it, it's the news cycle. It, it's 
it's like you can get caught underneath the. See, that, that's the good thing about your generation having a horrible attention span like a gnat is it, they can focus on you for a little bit, but then it just goes away. It goes away. And, and that's also part of the reason why Trump is able to do what he does because eventually it just goes away. Well, he purposely you know? tweets shit because he knows like they'll focus on this for a week exactly. and, then, and then I can do something actually dastardly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the distraction stuff. What, what a horrible way to go through life, I might add. What a horrible way, a horrible strategy. Now we're seeing the Russians and the Americans meet at the Elbe, the River Elbe, where they shake hands, where they finally connect, you know? Yeah. So. All right. Well, I were yeah. about an hour and 13 minutes. Yes. I think, I think we had a good done. session. Good yeah, session this good time. Good sesh. I didn't lose my train of thought because I didn't get high. That was no, a good thing. And I was baked to the fucking gills. So. Well, I'm going to get baked after the show. Yeah, so. There we go. All right, all bud. Right, uh, Hope yeah. you all enjoyed it. Follow us and the show on Twitter and all that shit. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. We'll definitely see you in a week. I'm getting back on my regular game. Excellent. Uh, see you guys. We Not love this you. Thursday, though. I'm booked. I'm booked at Barloo, but you should by, man. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah,